The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of The Bird Calls, the official podcast of thebirdrights.com. He is Ali Cosell. I'm David Grubb, and we are joined today by our friend and colleague, Jamal Dunn. It's been a difficult past few days for the Pelicans, gentlemen. So I'll set the scene, okay, with the big picture, and then we'll, you know, whittle it down and start digging deeper into what's going on from there. Here are the numbers. Following their 2-0 start, the Pelicans are 2-3 and over the last five games. The three losses coming by an average of 21.3 points, with two of those at home where New Orleans is off to a 2-2 and start. Over the last five games, the Pelicans ranked 29th in defensive rating and net rating. The team that stated its goal in preseason of leading the league in assists ranks 20th in assist percentage. They are 16th in offensive rebounding percentage, dead last in defensive rebounding percentage, 25th in effective field goal percentage, 18th in pace. And though the Pelicans are not giving up a lot of threes, they are getting destroyed inside, giving up 54 points in the paint each night over the last five games and more than 18 second chance points. So, Jamal, let's start with you. I'm going to let you get this the first crack here. What is problem number one as you see it, as you've observed the Pelicans over the past five games? I mean, the main problem is is so obvious is defense, right? Um, and for whatever reason, it gets worse as the game goes on. I, I don't know what the reason for that is, but they can't defend, they can't rebound, which is a part of defending. Um, and and like you said, they get dominated on the boards, which is the exact opposite of what they were doing last year, right? They they could rebound, they could defend, you know, they would struggle offensively. And so it's kind of kind of gone 180 where the offense is kind of fun right at times at least, but the defense is almost non-existent. And so um, it's kind of frustrating, but, and it's all, it's also highly predictable. Like every game, you know, exactly what's going to happen. Um, Now my hope is that this is because we're still really early in the season. So my hope is like, they do have a, you know, fairly new scheme in general that they're running, especially on the offensive side. So I'm hoping that, you know, they can round out because clearly the same, pretty much the same roster had more success in these areas that we're talking about last year. So they can do it. It is in them. I know their offensive scheme and and some of the things they're doing kind of changes uh, a little bit, but it doesn't mean that you should be terrible on defense, right? Uh, so my hope is that this is like a growing pain and easing into the season. There are some aspects like um, when you talked about the assists, right? Well, you know, I have a hard time figuring out a guy like Brandon Ingram, right? If you remember last season, he had a stretch where, you know, he was diamond to everybody, right? He was averaging six, seven, eight assists for a stretch of the season last year. But it seems like he's kind of trying to find his way. So between that and the defense, I'm hoping that is more of an early season growing pain and they can kind of get into a groove and fix some of the things that have been hurting them. My only worry about that is really that, this whole small ball thing that they're trying to do, 
it's not work. They don't have the they don't have the players to pull that off currently. Zion's not a good enough rebounder uh, to pull it off, or a defender, really post defender to pull it off. Um, and when JV is out of the game, you basically have zero post presence. And you know there really isn't another serious post player on the team. You do do have Larry Nance, who I like, but he's everybody else is undersized, including him, right? So they lack size and they don't have any guys who play above their sizes as far as rebounding and, and defense. So that is concerning, but, um, but I'm hoping that, you know, they can find a way to work around it, gang rebound, you know, at least play, you know, defense and be in the right spots, you know, don't, don't die on the weak side, things like that. Uh, but that's what I'm hoping. We'll see. Ali, I want to, I want to give you a different type of question because I, I do want to go back to the strategic things. I want to go back to the the specific things, but something else, you know, you, you wrote an article at the beginning of the season about, you know, this team hanging its hat on, on the defense. And we saw the activity. We saw the level of, you know, kind of just, there was a buy-in defensively early on. And it seems since that golden state game, the second half of that golden state game in particular, and it wasn't just Steph Curry because we we watched Golden State really dominate the Pelicans on the boards. They were they had more energy. It, they 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 wanted that game more. They were a team that was also down two significant players for their rotation, um, you know. But they wanted that game more than the Pelicans did. And I think we've heard it from the broadcast team. We've heard it from just people in general that the Pelicans are getting outworked on a nightly basis. And you watch them and you watch their body language. And there seems to be a disconnect from where they started to where they are now. Are you seeing that? Uh, a little bit. Yeah, I, I can't deny that. They start off the year, you know, dotting their I's, crossing their T's a lot better. But for me, honestly, it's the second halves, right? When you look at just first half numbers, and this is factoring, right? Those, those, does that we've seen in first half against OKC, then the second halves, three of the last four games, that the Pelicans largely have been great first half team. Net rating, third best. Defense, outstanding. Really, everything is great across the board except the rebounding, which is average, right? I think the offensive and defensive reboundings are hovering right there oh, about 15 or so. Second, in counting the first half, the first quarter is significantly better than the second quarter, though. It starts in the second quarter. Because no, no, the second quarters, David, are awesome. Second quarters is their best quarter by a mile. It's the first quarters that are a little bit up more average. For the whole season, over the last five games, that hasn't been the trend. Where they've started to fall off. I'm, I'm talking about all season long. <clears throat> yeah, I'm thinking. I'm talking about what's changed over these last five games. Is that we're seeing it start to as soon as the second quarter is hitting, we're seeing that the other the opponent is going up from the second quarter on. Their scoring starts in that second quarter up and goes it is trending up each quarter from the third is particularly bad they're going look at their first quarters here from the opponents and what the pelicans opponents are doing in the first quarter and then each ascending quarter after that and they've been doing much better over that over these last five i haven't really noticed that trend i like i said i'll be honest with you i feel like when they start second quarters they widen the lead they did that last night against Denver, right? They took, what was it, about a six-point lead or so after the, after the first quarter to getting it up to 20. 
But then, of course, the Denver Nuggets closed it to 12 at halftime. And that's been the pattern, right? The last four minutes, maybe of second quarters. Yeah, David, I've seen that slippage about at that point. But overall, for me, it's just the third quarters. How can everything across the board be so terrible, right? They can't make a shot. The turnovers are by far the highest in those third quarters. The rebounding is just laughable in the second halves, uh, which, you know, tends to portend almost every other statistical category. So I don't understand that a team that can do things reasonably to really well in the first half can't really do a darn thing decently even in the second half. And I think that's where they're at. Right. And, and, and here's something I also want to point out. I noticed against the Warriors and the, and the Atlanta Hawks, it was a complete almost effort focus. Right. All the all the above. Right. All the things you don't want to see. I thought against Denver, they actually showed a lot more effort, tried to show some focus. Like, for instance, I saw Zion really trying to box out in that third quarter. I saw some other good things uh, as well. I just felt like once the snowball, the avalanche, whatever you want to do to describe it, once that starts by the opponent, the Pelicans are just left scratching their heads. Last night, they had a seven-point lead early in the third quarter. Jonas gets hit on an attempt, what was it, attempted dunk at the rim by Gordon, no call. Zion, next couple minutes, had a couple drives. You saw it on the replay, cross the arms, no call. Delay a game against the Pelicans. Offensive foul on JV for a screen. There was suddenly this about five-minute stretch to where they kind of, you know, kind of took it out of their hands. But also, I'll tell you what, Denver got seemingly like everything went their way. It's in their house, yes. But what I'm trying to get to is that against the Warriors and the Hawks, they fell on their faces. Last night, it wasn't so much that, but yet, like I said, when that snowball started coming down the hill, they couldn't do anything to change it up, right? Willie Green going to the bench, the guys on the court, the stars like Zion B.I. Nobody seemed to be able to slow it down. And that's, yeah, that's the biggest problem for me. Out of half times, David, it, it's just they can't get their footing for whatever reason. This team seems to have be devoid of leadership in a lot of ways, and that's been something that's been their critique externally yeah. for a while. And now you take CJ McCollum out of the mix for however long he'll be gone dealing with this collapsed right lung, um, which he's dealt with before. And from the reports, David Griffin says he won't be out an extended period. But anytime CJ is gone, it's a negative for this team in multiple ways, not just in what, what happens on the court. It's a negative for their mentality. Um, and I think we've seen early on some real problems for Zion and for Brandon, and those two have been asked to step up, and we've not seen that through seven games. We've not seen either one of them be the leader through these first seven games. Has that been surprising for you guys, considering what we heard about these two in the offseason, that they had bought in, that they this was the most they had ever been around, this was the work that was being done, that B.I. was – doing everything that you could ask them to do. And yet from what we're seeing on the court, especially right now, there's a disconnect. There's neither one of them is the alpha. If that's the word we want to use of this team, no one seems to be at the helm on the court, particularly Ollie. Like when you said, when things go wrong, no one is taking charge and saying it stops now. And Ollie, I'll let you start on that. No, you're absolutely spot on there. You watched it last night. Denver fell behind by 20 points. They didn't panic. 
They started going to Jokic, right? He he got the what every touch on every offensive possession seemingly uh, once it became like that crunch time for them, go time. And yeah, for the Pelicans, you, you don't know who's going to be that guy, right? I feel like Brandon's tried, but again, he's definitely not in rhythm. We've talked about it for years, usually after injuries. He needs some games to adjust, get back his rhythm, whatever, feel comfortable. He hasn't looked comfortable yet since really since probably last season right the FIBA whole tournament was kind of a kind of a bad experience for him right I don't need to rehash that but you still hear good good things like you said David and I really believe that these guys put in the work but the problem is on the court it's not showing up right they're not meshing and and you don't expect them to look like Denver right I know they were missing Jamal Murray but that's a championship team led by a guy who's the best player in the league and he knows it plays like it Zion's played 29 games in the last two years. I think we've kind of underrated that part because when I watch him and Antonio Daniels has made mention this a few times uh, on the last few broadcasts to where he seems to see Zion kind of scanning, right? The court, trying to pick his moments, those first four minutes where he's going to attack. And usually to form Zion plays uh, much better when he comes in. That's for that second go around at the end of the first quarter and into the second quarter. Right. And I noticed that yesterday as well. Um, and so that's a problem. It seems like he's trying to figure out a way to make an impact because right now getting to the rim is not easy for him, right? If you look at his, just his raw stats, he's shooting 50% from the field. This is a guy that has averaged l- largely 60% from the field. Also, most of his attempts in his career, they come within zero to three feet. Now he's setting more for three to 10 feet, right? So across the board, there's these indicators that show that Zion's not in his usual place. So to me, that indicates rust, especially when you see him at times, right, being the right spot defensively, try defensively, try and box out, and other times he doesn't. I just don't think that switch has fully been turned on. So when you combine it with B.I., right, who's needing to find his rhythm, yeah, then they're kind of searching on the court trying to find it. B.I. is going to what he knows best, which is the mid-range. Zion, it's attacking the rim, even if there's two guys, and, you know, it doesn't work every time. So, yes, David, this is an issue, especially with CJ out, because at least he was a stabling presence. And we saw that right in non-BI Zionments, CJ and Jonas out there seem to get the best out of the group, right? Out of the guys around them. We haven't seen it at all on a similar level, right? With BI, Zion, both of them, one of them. Yeah, but it's something that I think they can work through, right? That's why I'm so a little hopeful. And I thought I saw more things, more positive things yesterday than I did like in those two losses against the Warriors and the Hawks. The Zion slow starts, Jamal, you know, those have, have gotten to be a little bit of an endemic now. They, 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 it's pretty consistent that he's not getting points in the first quarter um, and, and not getting touches either. Re- I mean, really, you know, good situational touches for him on the move, which the Pelicans have said time and time again, they don't want Zion stationary. They want him moving. That's when he's at his best is when he's moving. Um, but We've seen a lot of stationary catches for Zion. We've seen him not in position to score when he catches the ball. We've seen him at times reject the basketball because he knows. You know, like as soon as the ball comes in, he sends it right back out because he doesn't feel whatever. Like you're just getting that impression that he's not feeling comfortable. And we've seen rare, those rare opportunities where he's gotten in front of the defense and gotten to do some isolation and, and penetrate and create something for himself. We saw him last night with, you know, a near triple double um, and create some assists there. But even then, it was kind of a quiet night. 
it felt overall that his impact was quiet. And that is something I think that's really been difficult, even for Zion when he's getting back into shape, which we saw at the beginning of last year. It didn't feel this quiet. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, that'll help. Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. There you go. But it's something that the coaching staff is going to have to um, is going to have to make a concerted effort to get him going because you're right. Early in the games, and and one thing I've seen Zion even throughout all of his time with the Pels is sometimes he doesn't know where to fit in, right? And it's because he he starts and stops with his minutes, right? You're playing 10 games and then you're out for a certain period of time. You play 25 games and then you're out for 40 games. You know, and it's hard for him to get a rhythm with all these guys he's playing with. And it always seems like, um, especially at the beginning of seasons or when he's coming back from some, you know, stint being injured, it always seems like he doesn't quite know where he's supposed to be, right? When you look at other players, you look at Luca, you look at even John Morant, right, when he's on the court, there's never a question about where I'm supposed to be, where I'm going to get shots, where I'm going to get the ball. It doesn't matter where the ball's going in or, or, or not that night. They're getting their shots in the same spots, doing the same actions every single night. With Zion, because things seem to change so much, uh, players in and out of the lineup, he's in and out of the lineup, now scheme changing a little bit. And every time you kind of see him have to sort of relearn how to play with these guys. And, um, you know, I think to Ali's point earlier, we kind of forget a little bit or we really don't forget, but we don't, we kind of undersell sometimes how few games this guy has played, right? He's basically played, played a season in a, about a third, maybe a season and a half. So in terms of total games over this, you know, over his career at this point. And so he doesn't have a normal, right? He doesn't have a normal, like Luca can go into a game and it's, and his, he's probably like a robot at this point, right? He knows exactly where he's going and what he's going to do. It's just a matter a matter of whether the ball goes through the hoop or not. But Zion does not have a normal, and I feel like sometimes, especially early in seasons, that can catch up with him. So the coaching staff is going to have to run some actions, get him some easy buckets, and not just throw him the ball and have him try to make something happen because he's not – it's obvious that he's not comfortable doing that to the level that he has in the past just yet. Um, and then also they as a team have got to figure out what they're doing because you see the same thing from B.I., right? You see B.I. go quiet for these periods of time. And again, I don't care about buckets. That's the result, right? I just care about are you getting shots? When you're going a quarter and your best players are getting one shot or no shots or, or they're getting a shot where they're really, you know, that's not their game, that's a problem. And it also tells me that they don't quite know where they're at. So that's why, to Ali's point again, I'm kind of hopeful that maybe they can play through that. And as they play more games together, hopefully they can both stay healthy, play more games together, and then they'll start getting in a rhythm of win. Because we've seen for short stretches, short stretches like early last season, when they both kind of got it. And it was, you know, sometimes they weren't on the court together. They had uh, limited minutes on the court at the same time, but they figured out a rhythm and both guys understood, okay, you know, early second quarter, I'm going to come in and kill it. You know, then I'm going to come out, BI is going to come in and kill it. And, and right now it just seems that whole process seems disjointed, which is crazy to say because the offense really hasn't been bad despite these guys not really knowing what's going on as far as the stars. And it's, it's kind of funny because, most of the time for the Pels that I've been watching them, 
it's been the other guys who kind of fail and then the stars just trying to do mm-hmm. what he does. Right now, the, the other guys are playing pretty well on the offense from an offensive standpoint, and the stars are kind of trying to figure out how, how to get going, which is kind of a weird juxtaposition, right? Uh, because the offense is still really – and I think that makes it in a way harder because it's like, well, I don't want to mess up the rhythm of what we go, got have going. But, but you know, Matt Ryan taking shots is not going to be as sustainable as Zion getting to the to the rim or B.I. getting to his spots. That is a really interesting point that you're making because over these seven games, I would say in one game, Zion was the best player for the Pelicans. You know, I would say one of those games, like one of the wins. I'm not, I don't worry about the losses as much, but let's say in the four wins, one of those Zion was the best player. CJ was clearly the best in another. The night he goes off for 39 and CJ, you know, does every, they lost that game actually, right? They lost with, with CJ with 39. They lose that one or win that one, Ollie. I thought they won that one. They won that one. Yeah, they won that one. So CJ, that, that, yeah, that was CJ's big night. He, gets, he goes with a big night. So CJ had that big night. And then you had the night with Herb and, and Matt Ryan win you a game. You know, like that they pulled off that. The, an opening night is probably a Matt Ryan win too. You know what I mean? Like if he doesn't give you those unexpected shots that night, you don't win that game probably. So, yeah, through the four wins, your two best players, Brandon and, and Zion, have had maybe one lead game amongst them. And that is, a, you know, of course, Brandon took off those three games um, for injury. But I think, again, it's that when you know you have to get this rhythm, when you know you've been given this opportunity of 10 of your first 15 at home, these opportunities don't come along often for you to get and stack these wins while being at home where you can practice consistently with the guys you do have. And they have, it just feels like, Every night, yeah, the, the the role players have are kind of coming around and figuring out who they are, getting their identities together. Kyra still the, the hardest. Kyra still got the furthest to go right now. Dyson, I know what Dyson is. I know what Jonas. You know, we know what Jonas is. I know pretty much what I'm getting out of Matt Ryan. Either he's going to make them, he's going to miss them. But I have no idea on a night to night basis what I'm getting out of the two most important players on this roster, Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. And for me, the Zion reasoning, I can get it a lot. It's easier to explain that, yes, the rust is ridiculous. He's probably only played more than 30 games once since high school. (laughs) Just think about that. He didn't play 30 games with Duke that season he was there. And he's averaged 29 games a season – with the Pelicans, he's had the one season where he got the 50 games, every other one, you know, where we've been. Yeah, 61 with Stan. Yeah, that was it. So, like, for that, Rust, certainly, I can get that. But for B.I., like, he came off of having this team. The year before, it was his team for an entire year when they get to, to, to the Phoenix series. For him to right now to be in this position where it seems like he refuses to shoot three, and when he's taking them, he's still taking from the spot, as Ali observed and as documented. The worst possible shot for Brandon, that's the one he takes when he takes his threes. He's still doing that. And the turnovers have been 
ridiculous. I, I, 16 turnovers in his four games, three games with five turnovers, 17 assists, 16 turnovers. He accounts for if, – if he had played those other three games, he'd probably count for a quarter, if not a third of the Pelicans' turnovers. It's been really bad. He seems to have regressed, and that is more problematic than get Zion getting it in order. Yeah. And, oh, go ahead, Ali. No, go ahead, Jamal. <clears throat> well, I was going to say, but we've also seen with Brandon, like we've seen this movie over and over again. Yeah. Like he has these stretches where he doesn't look like the player you expect him to be. And then, you know, some time passes, 10, 15 games pass. All of a sudden he looks like a superstar for a stretch. And then he settles in somewhere in between. Right. Uh, and so I'm expecting the same. I, I, I have no reason to think, that is going to be any different this season. I just think that they as a whole have to figure out what they're doing and, and stop some of the guesswork because where Brandon gets into trouble is when he settles into dribble, 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 you know, take, take a mid range shot. I would prefer, of course, there's going to be some of that, but I would prefer if he's coming off action, coming off screens inside, you know, as a part of the offense, right? Because when he's inside of an action, there's somebody else moving and he's more likely to make a pass, right? Because when he's coming off it, he knows where the guy should be open, right? If the defender, you know, makes the uh, the movement that they expect, right? And so I expect it's going, he's going to get into it. The frustrating thing with Brandon is it can be a while. Like it's not just like a three or four games stretch sometimes for him. Sometimes it can be a month and then all of a sudden he's, he's back, right? So I, I don't know how long it's going to take. But I, I I'm I I don't doubt that he's going to get you know some good basketball in this season whatsoever. Um, I I just think for them as a coaching staff, seeing your stars struggle. I mean, the good news is that your offense is still like really functional despite your stars struggling offensively. The bad news is okay, we've got to figure out a way to scheme them some easy looks to get them going, get their confidence going. And, and and just give them get them as a part of the offense rather than just sort of getting the ball, making a move, and then finding you know the the shooter, which isn't horrible, but you know there it leaves them a little bit disjointed in their own games. What's weird, Ollie, is that, and I'll let you comment on both of these things, Brandon, as well as when we talk about the offense, you know the first three games of the season, the three point shot was trending upward, the number of attempts, last four down. You're still around the same amount of makes, but the attempts have come back down um, to where they're, they're putting up basically the same amount of attempts as they were last year. Um, and this is, you know, you, certainly Trey is a part, it would be a factor, but it's, you got Jordan Hawkins taking 14 threes in a game and, and Trey didn't get that number until the last month of last season, I think it's uh, over 10 attempts in a game. So Jordan has certainly, you know, kind of taken up those shots. But as a whole, it's again, it just it feels like it, like they've the, the principles that were working so crisply, ball movement, as you said, it it starts dying. The motion starts dying, the assists start dropping, and guys start not moving on offense. And it gets very and it starts with your 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 most important guys because everybody else knows they have to work. None of these other guys are going to do it on their own. They need to work off the stars but we're not seeing them move. And so nothing is moving. <laughs> yeah. 
And then that's what we get the end result, right? Start the third quarter and it filters on through whoever's in the game, right? There's no Jordan Hawkins coming off the bench or Matt Ryan saving that precipitous fall by that point. And yeah, going back to Brandon real quick, you know that he's out of rhythm for several reasons. One, he's not shooting that three-point shot. He's avoiding it. And you notice him attempt a couple in the first quarter, and usually he misses, right? And then he goes away from that. But here's a bigger concern to me. He's not getting to the rim either. He's not getting to the free throw line. Now, he's not that 10 per game like Zion, you know, more mobile LeBron when he was younger. But Brandon was still good for maybe those six or seven attempts when he's in a real good, really good groove. And we're just not seeing that either. So I don't know personally if he's fighting so much as rhythm as he's trying to make sure that this offense runs. Because I've noticed since started training camp how many conversations he's had one-on-one with James Borrego. And so it's obvious that they're trying to figure this out. But for whatever reason, it hasn't worked out yet. And, of course, Brandon missing three games – that's going to put a dent, as we know, for somebody like B.I. in getting everything smoothed out. But, yeah, it's funny how this team seems to function. I haven't figured it out yet with this specific group this year. Do they derive their offense from the defense or is it vice versa? Because at first it seemed like, right, David, as you mentioned, the first handful of games defensively were stellar. And it seemed like that's what pushed them right to these good wins. That's what got the offense going and such the movement. But the last few games, I feel like it's been the offense that they really got the juice from. And once that dies, well, we've seen what's happened, right, in the last three of the four games. So, as we know, this has to be, and as Fish has been pounding the rock the last 24 hours, this team doesn't feel like a Willie Green team, where it's defense first. It's that hustle. It's that rebounding, right? It's taking care of your fundamentals, which they've become so poor at. So while I tried to write off that Denver game as not being as bad as maybe some of the others back that third quarter, it's still bad when you consider they're still giving up those offensive rebounds. They know what's the problem, and they can't clean it up. So that, to me, says this is going to take maybe at least a couple of games, right? Maybe a couple of weeks to figure out. This is something where you can show the guys, they'll get it, and it translates. Because they've been poor rebounding since, what, even in preseason, right, David, we were talking about this. So they haven't even checked that box the entire year yet. The shooting largely has been down, but they've now stumbled into something there. But the assists, they haven't been there yet either. So, yeah, David, it's a concern when you add in the opponent points in the paint, that something you prided on and, the, you know, the, the points off turnovers. There's just a lot of glaring issues right now for this team. And like I said, I don't know what it's going to take for them to turn it around. Like I know in my heart it should be defensively, but – I'm not sure with this group, with this starting five, that you're going to get that, right? How much is is Willie struggling with his rotations? I mean, you know, it's – I think that's a a legitimate question as well because the the timing of some groupings, the the players that he puts alongside Zion, um, whether you need to put more shooting with Zion or you need to put better defending around Zion. I'm of the mindset – that the most important thing around Zion is always defending. Like it's always got to be people who can help him and make his life easier because you're going to get clean shots. And these are NBA basketball players. You are going to get opportunities when you play with Zion Williamson. You you have to have shooters on the court. This is the NBA. That immobile shooters who can't defend is not the way you help Zion Williamson. He requires guys who are versatile. He requires length. 
And that is something that they can't grow. They don't have that. But we haven't, I don't think we've seen enough. We saw the one thing that we did see that worked really well when, when, when Brandon was gone, Jonas was getting 20 and 10 again. And no, these were not mm -hmm. against the, the most difficult front lines in the world, but they were active front lines. But he was giving you 20 and, and 10. He was blocking shots. He was involved, and Zion, in turn, was doing pretty well opposite that. Those rotations were a little crisper. I think Willie has to figure out his balance of who's going to play with whom and get those roles. And as you said, Ali, guys, figuring out that their the roles and understanding where they are. The bench seems to have it. It's the starters who need to get – and his, his placement of them over the course of those 48 minutes. Jamal? Yeah, and, and I also wonder, you know, how 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 much of this uh, of this slow start is just sort of you know Zion coming back from from these injuries and things things along that those lines because I and I hate to say this because this is always a conversation around him but I feel like like because I've noticed in in some games like he's way more active in like the second quarter uh, defensively I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And then later in the game, she seems uh -huh. to get tired, right? I never want to say it, right? Because it's such a lame and old, you know, oh, he's fat, right? Yeah, it, and it's not. He is tired. Yeah, and so, yeah and, so, and so to your point, David, having more defensive guys around him, because for, forget the shooting, when you can get stops, you get him easy opportunities where he's not because all the when you when don't get stops, he's lining up against these defenses that are set and he can score against that, right? He can get in there and score over three guys with some, you know, crazy, you know, off the glass shot, but it's hard work, right? And for a guy who's working himself back into shape, NBA shape, um, that, that, that takes a toll as the game goes on. Right. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's kind of the part that, you know, I don't know how much that plays into it, but overall, I just think, you know, it's on the coaching staff to get some of these things corrected because to your point, none of this is talent. And a lot of these things, a lot of these areas they were good in last year with essentially the same guys. So we know they can do it, right? It's just about, it's just about getting them in the right spots and getting everybody comfortable enough to do it. Um, so, you know, that's, 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 that's gotta be on, on Willie. And I know they're bringing in this new offense with Borrego and all that, but you can't get away from your fundamentals of, of who this team has been under Willie, um, you know, over his first, you know, few years here. I think he was just a little too quick to heap the praise after two games, too. Yeah. Like, uh, this is a team that hasn't won anything. And I understand Willie's a positive person. And I think he amongst the coaching staff, and I think individually two guys, if that's, you know, you've seen, you know, you've seen coaches do that and say, you're the best, you should be dominating your position all the time, blah, 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 blah. But public praise like that, it has to be earned, I think. I don't think you'd see, and I do, we do this for a comparison. I don't think Greg Popovich would do the same for Victor Wimbignano and say he's he the best player. To it. You know what I mean? Like, he's he gonna make you earn. To. He had the chance to early this season when Wimbignano had that, whatever, 30 point game, and the reporters asked him about it. And he said, Yeah, it was a good game, but, you know, pointed out a few things that he didn't do well and said he still got a ways to go and that he needs to be more consistent, which is true, right? And so, yeah, yeah, you don't heap the praise, especially early in the season. Oh, yeah. 
Right? Like, yeah. you know, both of these guys are sensitive guys. We know Brandon and Zion need positive reinforcement. They And I think that is also kind of an issue, too, for them as a group, um, I, you know, to have to like this is not a sport that guarantees you positive reinforcement. This is a sport where you got to generate that yourself on a lot of nights because they're going to be those quarters where you do get a one for 10 shooting, you know, half or whatever. And you got to flip that into a 10 for 11 shooting half in a second. And their sensitivity in that regard, again, it's a little bit more, you're, you're a little bit more permissive on the 23 year old than you are the guy who's essentially been given the franchise yeah, from the day. Yeah. Yeah, and David, listen, what did Zion say in his post game yesterday? He said that he's looking towards more of the leadership of JV, BI, and CJ. And I think he threw in Larry because he knows he's not there. He knows he's got whatever Jamal said, a year and a half at the most under his belt. So he's not ready to right. lead yet. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that's why you're right. With Brandon, it it's gotta be his team. He's getting announced last. He's had some really big moments the last couple of years. And everything seems to be building towards having that full season. But, yeah, he has started off slowly. And I don't know. I feel like he has started this year more slowly than I can recall, right, in years past. And I know Willie Green's rookie season, the team was terrible. Bill, or um, What was it? B.I. was playing a lot of one-on-one, one-on-one, right, not trusting the offense. But this is even worse to me. Now, Brandon, it, it just doesn't really – have any kind of effect effectiveness right he's not making any kind of impact anywhere he's not raising this team up around him at all and that, that's scary to me that's probably the worst yeah this is the scariest part for this entire team dynamic right now it's bi he's not doing it right now yeah it's he's playing joyless basketball i don't see that guy zion what i see is frustration Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I see a guy who is upset that he can't do what he wants to do. Bi, there's something else. Jamal, it just, it just, there's something not right there. Yeah, and I've had a weird feeling about Bi even in the summer with the whole Olympic team thing. I think you kind of underrate what that may have done to his confidence because, right, you get on this All Star team full of you know some of the best players in the NBA. And then you essentially get benched, right? Um, and you get benched for a lot of the reasons that we're talking about, kind of being a one-trick pony that can't help the team in other ways other than putting the ball in the basket from specific spots. So I think that may have played a little bit more. I also thought, like, in the preseason, he was a little bit strange, a little weird, like just not his normal self that I've, at least I've seen over the past couple of years in terms of, you know, some of the interviews that he gave. Um, and so I kind of, and this is playing armchair psychologist, you know, whatever, take it for what it's worth. But I, even when I was watching that, that, um, you know, Olympic, you know, team USA uh, play this summer, I felt like, oh man, this could really hurt his confidence because he gets among some of the best in the game and he doesn't feel like one of the best in the game, right? You end up, they end up having to give you kind of token minutes just to keep you happy. Um, And so I think that may have played a bigger issue or or issue with his confidence uh, than than we may have thought. So he may just have to play his way back into it. But I mean, what I'm most interested to see is these next six games, right? They got them all at home, which is rare to get that many games in a row at home. You can be in your own gym, sleep in your own bed, all the cliches. Right. And so if they can't get it going 
uh, if BI can't get it going in that environment, it could be much tougher, right? Because, you know, the good part about having your schedule front loaded with home games is you can get, in theory, you can get something going. The bad part is after that stretch is over with, that means you're going on the road, right? And, you know, even last year, this team wasn't that great on the road. So um, this next six games is going to be huge for BI and for the Pelicans in general to, to, to try to figure out what the heck is going on defensively, offensively, and as far as their chemistry and leadership. I'm going to address a couple of questions that we did get. Um, do you think we're going to see more point Zion going forward with CJ sidelined? Do you ha- I feel like you do have to give him – every night you need to give him his opportunities at the top of the key to create. I think those are things that you don't do it over and over and over and over again. It gets repetitious. But I think, yeah, you do want to give him that opportunity to do what he does, That the, the skill that very few people have of just – Spread it out and let him let people let him see if he can make something happen. Think certainly you do that. That's what makes him comfortable. But you don't turn that into the whole offense. But I think they should do some things like that. And I would also say this, Ali, offensively, uh, and Jamal both y'all, you could they could take some cues from what Alvin and Stan did early in games for Zion. Because if there's one thing that both of those two guys were really good at with Zion, and, and Alvin did it for, for Anthony Davis and Marcus Cousins too, cheap buckets early. Cheap buckets. Early. They got so many really easy. And like you, uh, you talked about the moving it from inside of three feet to three and 10. What's changed the most for Anthony Davis's career since he left the Pelicans is that he's shooting more three and 10, 10 and 15s than he ever did while he was in New Orleans. Zion has to get, like everybody who's a scorer like he is, get it, he has to get those early touches. And I think that's something that they they might just want to go look at what makes him more comfortable offensively. And sometimes you can break your own offense to do good things for the individual players. You guys have any feedback on that? You know what's interesting? How, yeah, you know what's interesting is how well Zion looked yesterday in the second quarter, right? I think he had, what, four, at least four assists in that frame, maybe five. But here's what's funny to me. When CJ, JV have been with those second unit guys, they've looked like stellar playmakers too, right? So I'm beginning to wonder about this starting lineup in general. But to your original point, yes, undoubtedly with BI struggles, with all those turnovers, and he's not being effective, you've got to look somewhere else to initiate the offense. And I'm happy you split that up right down the middle with CJ and Zion because they've proven more impactful right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to get Zion going. I mean, he's they've got to start treating him because for as long as he's been here, it's always been like a 1A, 1B type of a thing. Yeah. They've got to start treating him like the star he is. I think, you know, B.I. is a, a really good player, especially when he's got it going, but he's not that he's not that top-level star um, that, that can take it to a championship. Zion, if he remains healthy and, and, and all the caveats, can be, right? And, and so I think they've got to kind of take the training wheels off and start putting him in that position and prioritizing him. Not to say that you deprioritize Brandon, you still need him to get it going, but you have to prioritize Zion, prioritize getting him going, prioritize lineups that work the best with him that, 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 that he, and that he's comfortable with. Right. So maybe that's taking a little bit of his input into it as well. I'm sure he, he has his own thoughts about it. But also just looking at what's worked, like you said, in the past, what's worked a little bit in this season in short stints. 
uh, and emphasize, you know, in the NBA, the season is so long, like some games you can just take them and, you know, we see young teams do this all the time, right? They'll take a young player and they know they're going to lose the game, but they put him in certain positions to do things that he needs to develop in. They might have to do that with Zion. And it doesn't mean you're going to lose a game, but to make a concerted effort to get your best player going, right? You know, I, I always compare him to, to Luca because he I feel like he should be that type of focal point that Luca is for his offense, right? Because and it's crazy because Luca actually does more with way less in terms of talent, but he's a different player. But but I always feel like Zion is always one of the guys for some reason when he's not one of the guys, right? He's he's that Wait, top level. Turn. Exactly. And so they've got to start treating him like that and get him going by any means necessary. I don't care if you lose a couple games trying to do it because the long term is what you're looking at with that. So, yeah, that should be their priority, especially on this six game, you know, homestand when when uh, when you might be able to actually get some wins and still do that. I view Zion kind of as more as like an Iverson-esque player, you know, where his individual skill set there were there were a lot of things that Allen Iverson was deficient at, you know what I'm saying? He, he gambled too much on defense, you know, he could turn it over too much, those types of things. But the, you, you took that, the individual, but because the individual greatness of what he could do well was so good. And I think we continue to try to think that Zion is going to be a 10. Anybody who thinks that Zion is ever going to be a guy who averages a double double in the NBA, it's just, it's not who he is. That's not what his gift is. You know what I mean? So let's accentuate the gifts. The gifts are his efficient scoring. The gifts can be, you know, he can he's, he can pr- continue to improve his free throw percentage. He can he can become a better team defender. Those things can happen with experience. But I think all the, the teammates you place around him, yeah, there is a very particular set of skill sets that you want around him that work best. And I think at, at times we've seen that group match. You know, you've seen why he can play really well in her with Herb and why it works with, with BI and Trace at different times and why it can work with CJ. But it's like all of them at different times when they're together are missing that one thing. And I think part of it has been the athletic backup big or starting big alongside Zion to free up that kind of space because Zion and Jonas have can play well together at times, but not for 30 minutes. But I think, you know, with Zion, I think we have to start doing that is not viewing him as a four or, or, you know, whatever. He's he's just a player. And Allen Iverson wasn't a point guard. He wasn't a two. He was just a player. And I think that going forward is the Pelicans may have to start rethinking. They've always said Zion is one of one. But like you said, Jamal, to your point, if he's one of one, then he has to be treated like number one, not like everybody else. And if he doesn't start to buy into that, that he's not like, and I think that's a conflict that we're seeing play out for Zion too with his energy is I'm supposed to be the best. And I think he's trying to, he's, I think he's arguing with himself at times. Am I the best? Because they're not kind of treating me like I'm the best. Do I serve myself? You know, I think that there's, this is also what the, the battle of any young man trying to find his identity and the Pelicans have to make it easier for him in those ways too. Yeah. And I feel like he, Zion, you know, just because of circumstances has never had that moment, right? Every star has that moment when they become a star, right? When when Dame time becomes a thing, right? And then Last you, year, before he got hurt, what about that? 
but it didn't lead to anything. I think it's yeah, what Jamal exactly. said. No, but I'm saying he was in that comfort zone. That I think Jamal, you're talking about, right? Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. Yeah, he, he was he was playing some of his best basketball, but yeah, to David's point, it didn't lead to anything. Mm-hmm. So it the, you kind of didn't have the exclamation point to drive home in his own mind. Okay, when I really have it going, this is who I can be. This is where I can take a team, right? Um, and you know, maybe he'll eventually get that moment, but it always seems to get cut short by one thing or another. Uh, and even that has to drive doubt, right? Right, because you always feel like with him as a fan, you feel it, but even you know, the players have got to feel it even more because they're actually in it. This is their life. You know, the rug seems to get pulled from him every time he starts to get to that, you know, towards that peak of who he can be. And at some point that starts to really weigh on your confidence as a whole of, Hey, am I just going to be like, you know, a guy who had great talent, but never really did anything. I know that's crosses my has to. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I'm more hopeful. I, I don't think he's that down Jamal. And I'm going to point to last game. Cause I watched him closely. Like I said, second quarter, I noticed him distributing. This is after mostly first quarter. He did nothing. Then in the third quarter, I saw him boxing out more. But you know what else? I started seeing those shot attempts I was talking about. But I think he was actually looking to shoot those instead of the defense really forcing him to shoot those. So in my mind, I feel like he's trying to grow as a player right before our eyes. He's trying to find those spots. He's trying to become more than just a guy that's good. I've got to get to the rim. I've got to get to the free throw line. I think he knows it. Right? How many times do we say he's got to pull up? How many times does Teresa Witherspoon right, say, shoot that jumper when you're open? I think now we're kind of seeing those gears turn. And it's not going to happen overnight. But I think he's starting on that track to being a more well-rounded player. And I think there's going to be growing pains. I think we're seeing them right now, right? But I think I think I'm, I feel comfortable saying that if he can stay healthy, I think he's going to be fine. I think they just I think they can do more to push him in that direction. Not not push him in a negative way, but push him in a positive way to because I think he needs to feel empowered. David, you know how? What I mean? I'm Pearson. Yeah, answer me this how do it how because I feel like it's up to him whether he grabs a range or not. A they lot of it is let up him to him. decide. A lot of it is up to him, Ollie. You're absolutely right. Um I, so I just think it's do? yeah, what would you do? Unfortunately, the people you put around him on this roster, how are they mentally? You know, what do they, you know, what do they bring? And I, I, and I think that they have added some more guys who have a little more edge. I think when we talk about Jordan Hawkins, that confidence that we've seen, that's you, those are the kinds of guys you need to have around a Zion. Trey is certainly one of those guys who brings exudes confidence, you know, and that I'm in that, come on, man, you're the big fella. Come on, take us. There's, there's some of that. And I think it's also skill set. Again, if you could, if he knew he could be protected defensively, you know what I mean? Like he he would feel a little easier trying, you know, and not and make maybe taking the risk of what he's been taught and going into the thing, trying that new skill that he's been taught and not feeling like the error is going to kill him. But right now, you know, there's that paralysis of I haven't done it enough. I'm not comfortable enough. But behind him, there's no security. You know what I'm saying? That and and these and still the Pelicans that a bit that that. Sometimes that lack of resistance on the perimeter, when like in the second half of against Atlanta, when all of a sudden Trey Young is just living in the paint, you know what I mean, and he's he's making everything in the paint. That doesn't help Zion, to, you know, because you're not again, you're not getting stops, so he's not getting easy opportunities. So those types of things I think augment his difficulties, and that's so when the team is doing those things, and that's the part of the problem of guys being in and out of the lineup. 
But I will say this to, to end on something really positive. Again, Jordan Hawkins, Matt Ryan, Dyson Daniels, give them so much. And Larry, though he is still not at hundred percent, he is giving everything he possibly can give in the moments that he's on the court. So I, I, I at least I look towards the future for this team and say, as the other guys get healthy, the Jose, uh, the the Trey and Najis and, and and that group, if they as they get healthy, you feel a lot more comfortable about the bench, but the starting lineup has to get its shit together. Mm-hmm. Any final words before we get out? I think we we've covered it all at this stage on state of the Pels. You know, we can, we'll come back and 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 we certainly can address the things individual games. But I think where we are at seven games right now is I think four and three by itself is not a a disappointment as far as the record. Again, it's always how you got there. It's always how you got there. And the three losses, they didn't look good in those losses. <laughs> and, and they just didn't look good. And 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 I think there's the the lack of consistency in finding an identity through seven games uh, has been the biggest problem overall. Who are the Pelicans? And that they are not the team that they were at, even at the end of last year right now. And that's, that's a problem. Jamal, you're still muted, man. Hey buddy. <laughs> that look, I'm trying to save you. I got two, three-year-olds in here that are creating chaos. So, you know, but you got to anyway. get back. To but, but, um, but for me, I'm not panicking at all right now. Like I said, these next six games, if if we're still talking about the same issues six games from now, especially yeah. since they're all at home, then I will start to be a little bit worried, right? Uh, but I think still early, still early days. There's a lot of concerning things, but to your point, David, a lot of promising things as well. And if, hey, if you if your other guys are playing well and your stars are dragging behind, that's a good problem to have because mm-hmm. generally speaking, good players will find their way back, right? That's why they're good players. Uh, or, or you know, superstar type players or max type players, they usually will find their way back. But if your other players, your your role type guys, are playing well, um, then you know you'll you'll probably be okay. But they do have some things to figure out. But like I said, if the, if if over these next six games they don't figure it out, then you can. I won't press the panic button, but I'll start looking at it. Holly, yeah, I I couldn't agree more, <laughs> Jamal. I just want to see them get back to keeping opponents out of the paint. Limit them to one shot per possession. They didn't do it every time last season, but they did it enough. And they've got to figure it out because even when JV's out there, they're still giving up too many, right? So take care of these things because they figured out the turnovers issue, right? Yeah, they're not turnovers. Yeah, it's not the turnovers. The shooting, the sh- when, when you have shooters out there, they know how to get them shots. So there's a lot of good things. But, man, yeah, just clean it up. And get your stars back on track. Couldn't agree more. All right. Thank you so much, guys. We went longer than we thought, but um, thank you for both hanging in and give, giving your time uh, for this one. And I think I think we have a, a really good discussion um, as far as just uh, the state of this team. And, and, and there, again, there's a long way to go. 75 more games left to play, um, and we'll see what happens. But, yeah. There's things to watch as well, and we'll be watching. So make sure you click that like button, the subscribe button, click both of those. And then wherever you're listening to or watching the bird calls, 
you know, make sure you you leave a comment, you rate us, and share with uh, the folks who love Pelicans basketball and love basketball in general. That's why we do this. And make sure you check out thebirdrights.com as well. For Jamal Dunn and Ali Cosell, I'm David Grubb. This has been The Bird Calls. And in the words of our friend, Preston Ellis, let's go Pelicans.